man, this sermon that is uh, coming today is, 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 is beautiful and it's special. And I really believe that it's going to touch your heart. It's not the sermon. There's nothing magical about the sermon. Actually, it's... Um, I don't know of a subject that I've ever talked about that has the ability to change lives more than this. So what, the, what's about to happen, whether you're a believer for 100 years or a believer for, for, for not at all, this message, I believe, can create more room for God to move in your life than anything else I, I know how to talk about. And so if you want revival, lean in today, because I think that God will move in this scenario. Would you all stand to your feet with me as we read God's word? This is Parables uh, 12, and uh, we're reading today from Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 is where we're starting off. And uh, Jesus, help. Then Peter came to him and he asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. And in the process, one of his debtors who brought in or who owed him millions of dollars, he couldn't pay. So his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife and his children and everything he owed to pay that debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me. I'll pay it all. Then the master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a thousand dollars. And he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little while, be patient with me, I will pay it, he pleaded. But the creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put into prison until the debt could be paid in full. Then some of the other servants saw this, and they were very upset. And when they went to the king, they told him everything that had happened. And then the king called in the man who had forgiven, who had been forgiven, and said, You evil servant, I begged, I, I forgave you that tremendous debt that and, and because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have shown the same mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That is what the heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Let's pray. Jesus, help Amen. I am nervous. I'm nervous because I have found so much breakthrough in my life in the arena of this message. And yet I have found so many believers who love God and miss this understanding. And I got to tell you that last line, like, if you don't forgive others, don't miss that. Like forgiveness is for us all, but we must grab the concept of recognizing that we must, not a suggestion, not a good idea, not like most of the time or even like, like it always. Okay. You with me? This is going to hurt a lot of your feelings and I'm okay with that because I love you and want to see God move in your life. 
And I believe in every believer, one of the greatest ways to see God move in your life is to right now in your life begin practicing forgiveness. Just naming people that hurt your feelings or did little things that bothered you or rubbed you wrong. Forgiveness has awesome power. I, I don't know how to explain it any better than this. It's like the Lord is, is attracted to those that forgive others. If you want to get God's attention, start pouring out mercy and grace towards others. And it's like instantly you'll be closer to the Lord. Because you're extending the same character that he's given you. I've got to start with the message and um, not ramble. I've got to stay on point. Here we go. Uh, Judge not and you will not be judged. This is Luke chapter 6 verse 37. I'm just going to spit some scriptures at you. Because I don't want you to think this is my opinion. There's no opinion to this. Judge not and you won't be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. You hear that wonderful promise? My first point today um, in, in thinking about um, why should I forgive others is, um, is, is because God has forgiven you. Or at least I hope he has. What did it look like, um, this concept of like I've done wrong and God has erased my sin? I, I think about, um, sometimes we think our sin is, is not that big of a deal, right? Like it's, um, it's little and it's not that significant. And I don't know what world we're living in um, when that's happening because I, I think sometimes God's love is so good that we mistake the grace that he's put on our lives for what we're really doing. And I wish that he would give us eyes to see. Sin is like ketchup on a bride's dress. Sin is like urine in a wonderful glass of water or poo all over a public sub. Sin is, is, is gross and, and filthy. Sin, sin is, 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 is chaos in, in the midst of like tranquility, like, like it's, it's chaos on a, on a wonderful boat in a big ocean. It's a hurricane. Um, sin is destructive in every way, shape, and form. Sin is a holy God separating himself from you. It is the Garden of Eden and you not seeing or understanding peace or mercy because of the decisions that we've made. And somehow we've lulled this down into nothing. But a wonderful, merciful God has made a way for you to come back to him. To enter back into a garden. To enter back into the throne room. To enter back into peace and mercy and grace and reconciliation and forgiveness and healing and love. We can stand before him in the midst of a crazy storm and have storms of our life. Storms of relationships, storms of finances, storms of, 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 of Ill, sickness in our body. And we could stand before God with rest in our life. Man, what a mercy that God has washed our sins away and cleansed us. Not once, but again and again and again. And I, I find myself reoccurringly needing God's mercy for my covetousness for my laziness, for me breaking my promise and my vow to be wholeheartedly devoted 
and constantly engaged with Him, or having consistent prayer with passion, I find myself hooked on things of this world like gravity being pulled back down and God, where, wait, I loved you. Where did I, how has it been this long since I've actually been anyone else? And where is it that God, like I, God, I've already said that I I, asked, I, I needed you to forgive me and wash me. And I, I pray that just as Jesus taught us the Lord's prayer, that asking for the father's forgiveness in our life is part of your daily routine. Because if not, if you don't count your sins daily, they become less important to you. But I, I want to know what holiness is, and I want to know what purity is, and I want to know what goodness is, and, I, and I, I am, I'm forgetful of the things that matter when I don't bring them in front of me. It's kind of like goals, or mission, or purpose. The reason why you know where your financial goals are is because you put them in front of you. You know where you are in your bank account. And it's constantly a goal in your life to figure out how to get more. You may not be doing good with it, but you're constantly aware of it. Are you constantly aware of your sin? And I'm constantly aware that while I was a sinner, he died for me. And I'm constantly aware that I was the one that broke the promise. And that it was me, that I was the offender. And it was me that, that lied and cheated, and lusted, and had pride, and, 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 was, and felt bigger or greater than. And it's in that that I find humility, and love, and grace. And it restores me, and washes me like nothing else. Do you see your offense? Has he washed that? From scripture today, I just want to think of because why should we forgive others? Because God forgave you. Man, we have nothing to show the world on Serve Lakeland if you've not been cleansed. I love when Peter said, Jesus, you can't wash my feet. And he said, if, you do, if I don't wash your feet, then you'll have no part in my kingdom. And, and he's like, okay, wait a second. Yes, I, you have a lot to wash. Then wash everything. I need cleansing. He said, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God forgave, just as God in Christ forgave you. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Colossians 3.13 says, Bearing one another, if any of you has a complaint against, against someone else, forgiving each other, just as the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. I'm not worried about others right now. I'm worried about you receiving forgiveness. So I'm thinking solely about him cleansing me. Then Peter came up to him right in the very beginning of this passage. And he said, Lord, how often should, we, should, 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 I, should, should, should uh, my brother sin against me? Should I forgive him seven times? And he said, no, not seven times, but up to 77 times. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, he says, And forgive us of our sin as we have forgiven those that sin against us. In Matthew 6, 14, he says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will then forgive you. If you forgive those, then your Father will forgive you. So I just want to practice this like before, it, before I love people, or the way I practice humanity starts here. And so I'm thinking about, as, I, as I'm realizing this, why should you forgive others? One, because he forgave you. 
how, how do I practice humanity? It's, you've got to first realize that internally there's a fence. Ah, I've got to keep going. My second point today is this. You should forgive others because it will bring healing. Now, I need you to know some things. I need you to know that forgiveness is a choice. And it's a difficult choice. And sometimes this will take a long time. Uh, um, uh, Corey Asbury, who's a popular worship leader right now, like super deep in Christ, he said, "A, a, a heart that is planted in forgiveness doesn't dwell on the past. Jesus said anyone that puts his hand to the plow and looks back isn't fit for the kingdom of God. So if we're thinking about things that happened in yesterday... Things that went wrong, things that hurt me, things that, that, that people lied and they cut me down. Uh, if we dwell in that, there's no future. There's no, there's no tomorrow. We don't know where we're going when all we know is, is what's been hurt. Now, oh, so many things. If you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive you. I, I'm, I'm thinking about healing in you. I'm thinking about, uh, um, I love one of my uh, close friends here at our church, my friend Dustin. Uh, he taught me a long time ago, I was struggling with a hurt that a pastor had made in my life. And he said, forgiveness is like, is like bitterness. It's like, it's like drinking poison and hoping that someone else is getting sick. They've moved on and completely forgot what they did to you. The only person that remembers it is you. And you're stuck remembering Everything that they did wrong, they did wrong, they did wrong, it was wrong. They shouldn't have done it, it was wrong, it was wrong. And you're trying to hold them as prisoner, and the only person that's prisoner is you. And you've, be, you've built a dam, you're stuck. You're stuck in a moment that happened a while ago. And it's blocking the love of God from actually flowing through you. There's a dam and it's, you're supposed to be a river. Out of your belly will flow rivers of life. Goodness and mercy and kindness is supposed to flow through you. But when we're stuck in what happened, I have to stop here for a second and make sure you understand that I've also been hurt. I've been hurt, and, and, and the, some of the worst hurts are by the people closest to you. Maybe by an authority figure, maybe by a parent, maybe by a spouse, maybe by a child, maybe by a coworker or a boss. I don't know who hurt you, but I know that it exists, and I know that it exists in the body of Christ. But this is not like a one-verse theme that Jesus is trying to say. It's a constant thing. And he's trying to say, I want you to multiply this concept of forgiveness again and again and again because I need you to perfect this. And really, your forgiveness to others is a gift for you. It releases you. Right now, in some of our connect groups and church, we're, uh, one, of the, one of the main topics right now is forgiveness. 
And I love when this is going on because it's learning to sow mercy and grace and kindness. We, we get to be ambassadors of Jesus. That's what the whole gospel's about, being disciples of Jesus. Jesus is hanging on a cross saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. He's talking about broken people who do know what they're doing, but they don't. They, they don't know how you feel. They don't mean hurt people, hurt people. But what's happening is you're a victim and Christ doesn't want you to be a victim. He wants you to be empowered. Just as your sin hurt him and how your sin hurt the body of Christ, maybe hurts your family, maybe hurts the people around you, Christ is still willing to forgive you. We have to know that those that are really hurting you with their words, they're hurting and they're broken. And broken people have the ability to do damage. But the beautiful thing is you're not a victim. I don't care what the world wants to peddle. There's a lot of victim mentality in this world. No. As long as you're a victim, you're a prisoner. As long as you're a victim, you can't, you can't be a conqueror. You can't help the person next to you. We want you to be triumphant. We want you to be empowered. Like healing is available for all of us. Amen. Amen. And I believe that one of the worst kinds of healing that needs to take place in the body of Christ is the soul wounds. I've been in scenarios where I've, I i don't know why. My wife tells me that I'm very good at, at being able to forgive people. I've had deep wounds that hurt so bad. I mean, it hurt. And I want you to know, I know you can know if you don't forgive someone. Because if you go somewhere, room full of 100 people, if they walk in the room, ain't no one else that exists in that room but that person. If you're ever in a room where there's only one person there, something's not right in here. Unless that's supposed to be your spouse, and then go after him, man. Like just <laughs> I think that that God is singling that person out, really, um, for mission in your life. That that now is your calling, right there. That person that walked in—that's your assignment. That's why you can't see nothing else going on in the room, because you got a calling. Uh, let me read you some verses, uh, so I'm making sure I'm on track, so you understand that there's clarity in this, but I believe that if you, uh, one, you should love others because God forgave you, two, because it will bring healing to you, which I care about, because you're part of our body, and we don't want broken, hurting, bleeding people all the time. If you forgive, uh, I already read all these verses, that's good, hey, but I, I do know that there's hurt in this room, I do know that it exists right now. I do know that some of you have been lied to and abandoned. Some of you have been taken advantage of. Some of you have been wronged in some terrible ways. And, and it's been by people that you trust the most. Um, I realize that as a pastor, I represent a lot of things. I am a, I'm a figure of Jesus. I am a figure, I'm a, uh, I, I am a figure of, as a, of a father to some of you. Uh, to some of you, I'm a figure of, of authority. Uh, and a lot of these arenas have been broken in your life. And I, I, I don't know how to wash them away. I can tell you that um, it, it, forgiveness is a choice. And, and really, um, the first thing you're going to have to do is decide that you want to forgive. Your heart will follow later. 
it, 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 well, you will have to forgive them and forgive them and forgive them. It, it, a good tool to start forgiving them. Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Start praying for them that you're mad at. Pray good things. Not like that God damns them, but like, like God that like, for real. I mean, you laugh, but like, let's be honest. Um, let's, let's pray that God like moves in their life. Point number three, um, because it allows God's love to flow through you. And that's ultimately what we want is for you to be an instrument of Jesus. And so when grace and mercy is coming through you, now you're about as close to the Lord as you can get. I realize that this feels radically dangerous. Like, man, but you don't understand. This person has been a repeat offender. So have you. And we let you in our church today without even like a card in you or nothing like that. Um, you get to be an instrument of God. So, so let me um, just re, uh, read you two verses. One is going to be about that verse and one is going to be about a bigger picture. Dear friends, since God loved us, we ought to love each other for no one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, then God lives in us and his love is brought to the full expression in us. How beautiful is that? That's 1 John chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Uh, the full expression in us. That's what I want, man. Uh, amen? Check this out. So, so what if what I know is that I don't, I'm not asking you to become a doormat. And so some of you guys, as, as you're thinking about this, you're like, well, where's the line? All right. Well, check this out. Jesus is going to s- explain this to us in Matthew chapter 18 it, because I really want... I don't want you to just forgive them so that they can do it again. I want you to help them. But in helping them, you have to have real, honest conversations. It means you have to be intentional with healing. This is going to be this is the hard part here. Watch this. If another brother sins against you, go privately and point out their offense. And if that person doesn't listen and confesses it, if the person if the other person listens and confesses it, then you've won back that person. But if you are unsuccessful, then take one or two others, like elders or pastors or, or, or connect group leaders, uh, with you and go back again so that everyone, uh, everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. And if the person still refuses to listen, then take your case to the church. And if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Here's what I want you to know. We should forgive everyone. Forgive them. But if people are legitimately hurting you, if they're damaging you, there is a need for there to be boundaries, healthy boundaries. So it starts with a conversation. Hey, Josh Henderson, you hurt me. I forgive you and I love you. I don't want you to do that anymore. Are we on the same page? Now, he doesn't like that I told him that. He may not agree with that, but he needs to know what he did was damaging to me. Amen? Amen. And then we want to make sure that we create a healthy understanding of what's not safe for me. And if he's not listening, I need to bring someone else into this because you're damaging. And if they're a believer, it's sinful. Okay? So now... 
We want to break. Why? Because we want to create healthy boundaries for God to move in. Because I don't just want to be whole. Because if I don't say it, if I don't confess what's going on in me, it, I just, it just gets worse. What happens is I become a doormat. I stuff it down. I stuff it down. There's no identity in me. There's no confidence in me. I'm not a son or daughter of God. I'm, I'm Eeyore. I just don't deserve any better than this. This is just where I'm at. This is just always going to happen. They're always going to be that way. That's bull honky nonsense. You, no, we want to see change in people, and we're believing that they're going to change. But don't, we're not believing for a unicorn to walk past. Help them. Talk to them. Tell them what's going on. In a loving, con- Jesus was confrontational, y'all. Talking about the same guy who went into the church and said, this place is supposed to be a place of prayer and turning tables over. He's a confrontational dude. And he's asking us to be honest. Dude, looking like that. I was like, yeah, he's not, maybe he's not a dude. I don't know. <laughs> Inappropriate. All right, I'm going to keep going here. And so I, I think it's important for us to make sure that we can, we can create boundaries for people so that you can have relationship with people and there's not abuse. And you're still sowing grace and you're still sowing mercy, but you want to help that person understand healthy habits in their life. Counselors are good at this. Uh, they're better than your pastor sometimes. Just go to them. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Okay. Forgiveness is an opportunity, though, because it allows you to... to well, why should we do it? Because it allows the love of God to flow through you. Forgiveness is an opportunity to extend the love of God to others by tapping into the love that he already received. Um, and I also think that um, it's important because uh, it allows you to glorify God through your obedience. Now, check this out. Here's my fourth thing. I think that forgiveness is important because it helps us love him more. And ultimately, that's my goal. I don't need you to like me or, or anything. I, I really just want to love Jesus the way he loves me. God is good. He's the best thing in my life. When I love Jesus more, I'm a better father. I'm a better friend. I'm a, I'm, and, and really, I love Jesus more when I'm being loved by him. And so I'm loved most by him when I realize that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And so as I'm realizing what I've done wrong, he's moving in my life. And now when he's moving in my life, he's going to open up all kinds of opportunities for us to let people hurt us. I know this sounds crazy. He's going to open up opportunity for people to do you wrong so that you get an opportunity to display his kindness and his mercy and his grace. You're not a doormat, though. So you got to talk to people about it. But the beautiful thing is, honest to God, right now in your life, I'm challenging you. One of the fastest ways for me to experience God in my life is to practice forgiveness. You forgive someone else. I believe almost instantly God will move in your life. Why? Because you're obeying him first. You're surrendering yourself to the Lord. Two, because you have to trust God. When I forgive others... I have to not be in control. Because what's happening when I have unforgiveness towards others, I'm trying to control what I think should happen to that person. I'm playing scenarios of what they deserve, of, of how this should play out, what, what I think, like they, they suck and they're always going to suck, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. No, Lord, they're your child. 
They don't, they're not terrible. They're yours. And I fully believe that you are God and can take care of this situation. Thank you for loving me. Would you move in that person's life? I'm trusting God. And that trust is going to open up a move of God in my life. I'm obeying him. I'm trusting him. I'm blessing others. Guys, forgiveness can be powerful. And how else is the world going to know that we're different if we don't love differently? Because everyone else, Jesus is going to say, like, like uh, the world is going to love differently. They, they, like, it's easy. The world says um, if, that if someone treats you wrong, then you should hold grudge against them. But that's not the standard and the commandment that Jesus gave us. The world's going to say if someone steals your, your jacket, then you should, you should, you know, A, if someone doesn't do this, you should sue them. Like there's lawsuits and things that we're doing. Like, but like Jesus is practicing the art of like forgive. This whole story is a lawsuit. I don't know if you know that. Right now, some of us have like eight lawsuits against other people. So I just want to be real about like real Christianity is like forgiven. There was a debt that we owed that we could not pay. And he paid it in full. And he's still paying it. And he's still paying it. And he's going to pay it again tomorrow. There's a debt that some others owe against you. And the problem is, it hurt. And in this passage, it ends with this verse. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Hurt lands here. It feels like betrayal. It feels like they knew what they knew what they knew and they did it and said it and stole it and took it anyway. Forgive them. Confront them. Love them. Create boundaries healthy ones that we both understand. And if you can't find understanding, get other people involved. That's what the scripture says. Can we pray? All I want is for God to move in my life. And so I'm practicing forgiveness. Sometimes I have to forgive my kids, my friends. Sometimes I have to forgive Brady a whole lot. Um, that's not true. You're awesome, bro. But Lord, I want you to move in my life and I want you to move in our marriages and amongst our families and amongst our friends and amongst our coworkers and amongst our church and amongst our connect groups and amongst our serve teams. And I, I want you to teach me how to love authority and respect them and forgive them and show kindness. And I, 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 want, I want to be like you, Lord. I, I have this, this person that's on my heart and they, they, you know, you know what happened. How do we surrender that to you? I want to forgive. Help me to want the best for them. Help me to want you to move in their life. Because I offended you and you forgave me. <laughs>